Coalitions are inevitable as only a few political parties have won some municipalities outright. As the election results continue coming in, it has become clear that there are hung municipalities. So far, there are 44 hung councils with 97% of the votes counted. But concerns remain. Will the coalitions benefit ordinary South Africans or just the political parties? Political analyst Professor Begi Ngomezulu says hung municipalities hamper the delivery of basic services. Ngomezulu explains the risks that hung municipalities are facing ahead of forming coalition governments. The moment we had uh, about 325 political parties contesting this election, uh, I told you that uh, indeed we are going to have some hung municipalities and then whether we like it or not we are going to have coalition, which in my view is a disaster. Because once we have a coalition, there is no service delivery. And the problem with these post-election coalitions is that uh, they are coalitions of convenience. They are not based on anything of substance. We are forced to form a coalition and in all likelihood it's not going to work because there will be a power struggle. I'll be reminding you with my one seat, you are in this uh, municipality simply because I gave you one seat. So I will demand more. As counting continues, political parties have already declared their willingness to work together. The ANC says its approach to coalitions is based on principle and not expediency. With the number of completed municipalities now standing at 137 of the 257 in the country, many of these are hung councils, where no political party has been able to gain an absolute majority. ANC Deputy Secretary-General Jesse Duarte says the experience it has had with coalitions in many cases in the past has been regrettable. Most of these coalitions which were led by the opposition have been untidy, messy and premised on gaining power as an end in itself. This has resulted in unstable and self-serving marriages of inconvenience. To avoid this type of political and administrative instability, the ANC will consider an approach with like-minded parties, including affirming the principle accepted in many countries that the party that receives the most votes in a given election should be afforded the first opportunity to form a coalition government. Action SA President Herman Mashaba has outlined strict conditions for parties considering governing with the one-year-old party. Mashaba says Action SA is committed to serving all communities and not only a select few. In terms of other coalition arrangements, we commit anyone who wants to talk to us. One of the core values of Action SA is social justice. So if anyone wants to talk to us, they must understand as a section SA, we want to run a pro-poor government. We are not a political party that is only going to serve certain constituencies. If you want to talk to us around coalition, you must understand that social justice is one of the non-negotiable part of, 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 of Action SA. We are going to commit to serve all communities. When you're in government, you just don't only serve uh, your constituents. You've got to serve all the communities. The DA says it will seek to have stable governance arrangements with the parties it will enter into coalitions with. With many hung councils expected across the country, the party says it will now be looking at implementing a scientific process of deciding who it will work with. DA leader John Stienhazen.
We've been working for the last few months on getting those matrixes right and the Federal Council Chair's office has been doing the formulas and the, the form in which those take, which is going to make it very easy for us to just input the, the results and see what the permutations are and what that would mean going forward. And of course, ultimately, our federal executive will make the final decision about whether a coalition agreement is signed off or not. We're also not going to be looking for omnibus agreements. We want to look at a municipality by municipality agreement. So we may work with one, count, one party in one municipality, but not in another municipality. EFF Chief Whip Floyd Shibambu says the party wants to be part of local government. One thing that must be clear from those who are going to approach us is that one, the EFF wants to be part of government. Now, we didn't become part of government after the 2016 local government elections. So we want to see EFF mayors and EFF members of mayoral committees. We want to see EFF speakers of municipalities. IFP spokesperson Mkulego Tlengwa says the notion of coalitions being unable to work needs to be dispelled. Tlengwa says a co-governance is necessary in the country's democracy. We're going to need to change the narrative and the tone, right? We need to be positive about the reality of coalition politics because they are here to stay. They are a reality which is going to um, be the mainstay of the South African political discourse. The Patriotic Alliance PA says it will be the kingmaker in the key metros of Johannesburg and Ikuruleni. The party has captured several wards in Gauteng and the Western Cape and says its door is open for negotiations on coalition governments with all parties, specifically newly formed party Action SA. Party leader Gayton McKenzie. We've taken what's in Ekurleni, we've taken Tokoza, we've taken uh, Eden Park, we've taken uh, Riga Park, we've taken El Rado Park. The what's it are still coming, it's not ever there. You're going to see we'll be the real kingmakers in Ekurleni. And Herman Mashaba is lucky because I would, I would consider him strongly to, to be going to coalition with him because he's very clear on, on his stance with foreigners. In fact, if you look at all the parties, we are the closest to Action SA in terms of the coalition story, and we don't have a problem for him to, to, to support him or him to support us in Ekurleni, and we'll support him in Joburg. If he supports us in Ekurleni, we'll support him to become the mayor in Joburg. Counting is expected to be completed by midnight. The IEC will then announce the results on Thursday. I'm Zole Gakotashe in Johannesburg. Well, it's Saturday today. It's 6.28 and I'd like to find out from you what do you make of uh, the hung councils in uh, your area and how should coalition government or governance be held accountable? Let me take a look at what you are telling me on the Facebook page as well as on the Twitter handle. Tulani Galeni on Facebook says the coalition talks must be about service delivery as it will be about politics and not people. It is going to be or spell trouble to poor communities and even the rest of the country. And look, Elvis, if you can clearly see and look at Johannesburg and the Joburg Metro State of Affairs currently, you see a destroyed city. Also, I was in Umtata a few weeks ago, and that once beautiful town has been destroyed by the ANC. So service delivery must be the main aim and focus. Tebao Smoky the Don Mohali says, If we all unite to form our own coalitions to hold them accountable, there will be no supporters in court for corruption. 
regardless of our party's differences, just in jazz, says Teboho. And uh, you can also keep them coming on the Twitter handle. If I go there, I can see that this one coming in from Sipo Pira says, Can Pirates and Man United make our weekend happy for once? We will end up celebrating their loss like South Africa's opposition party celebrating votes that they did not win. Uh, Bramoro says, I do not support a coalition. There should be a return or a rerun, rather, of elections until someone gets the majority. Imagine SAFA and the PSL having a coalition with Mamelodi Sundowns to allow, allow Casey to win the PSL. Good morning, South Africa. He says, you can keep them coming. We will read them and listen to your voice notes as we continue. But right now, it is 6.30. Time for your news headlines with Luyanda Mahome. Thank you, Elvis. Senior headlines, three men have been gunned down at Delft in Cape Town's northern suburbs. Police spokesperson Novella Potelwa says the victims are aged between 30 and 44 years old and are believed to be from crossroads near Nyanga. The ANC in the Mangaung Metro has thanked locals for giving them another term in office after the local government elections. Despite the drop in seats from 58 to 51, the local ANC says the numbers are not a big concern to them. And the UN Security Council has agreed a statement on Ethiopia expressing a deep concern about the expansion and intensification of military clashes in the north of the country. The members of the council further expressed serious concern about the impact of the conflict on the humanitarian situation as well as the stability of the country and the wider region. I'll have details on these and other stories at 7. The Weekend View, 6 to 7 a.m. Rosemary Ndlovu has received six life terms at the High Court sitting at Palm Reach in southern Johannesburg for the six murders that she committed, allegedly to benefit from life assurance cash. She was earlier found guilty of murdering her six relatives. Concerns have been raised on the issue of verification process of details by insurance companies before a life cover policy is paid out. Now, Ndlovu was found guilty of the murder of five family members and her boyfriend for insurance payouts totaling 1.4 million rand. My colleague Normalizo Mandela spoke to Megan Govender, the convener of the Forensic Standing Committee of the Association for Savings and Investments South Africa, ASISA, on the matter. Has the industry been following this case with keen interest? And if so, why? Uh, yes, um, the industry has been following it very closely. Um, largely because there's been a number of different uh, insurers uh, involved. So uh, the, the individual involved had taken out policies at multiple companies. Uh, so obviously uh, taken uh, information on the various people and, and uh, spread the risk a little bit across because obviously with funeral policies, um, you, you could only, you know, uh, there's minimum, uh, maximum amount that uh, you can take out per policy. So, you know, um, if, if a company has a, a, a limit of 50,000 rand on a, on a life, um, it's easier to take out multiple policies across the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And just uh, typically, are there measures in place or, you know, checks and balances uh, done to avoid or, pre- you know, prevent this abuse from occurring? Individual companies have, uh, internal controls in place to, to pick this up. Um, in the case 
of uh, the claims submitted by Rosemary and Global, um, there were controls that uh, identified that there was something amiss with the claims that she had submitted. Mm. Um, and to, to various measures within the industry, um, quickly it was established that you know some of the uh, some of the claims were. Um, at, a, uh, at multiple insurance. Obviously, this is not the first time we've had, you know, such incidences, but it is never to this larger scale. You know, sometimes it would just be partners. Maybe the, you know, husband will take out a, a policy or, or, you know, on the wife, and then maybe a couple of months or maybe a year or years, then, you know, they would plan their murder so that they could benefit. But it has never been to this scale where, you know, one after the other, and she's constantly, you know, succeeding in... Uh, um, um, getting these policies or even, you know, uh, acquiring them with whichever company that she was doing this, you know, on. Um, so it's just based on that, that it means is, it, it means that, you know, these checks and balances or whatever measures that are put in place clearly are not strong enough to, you know, prevent or discourage such behavior. Look, I think uh, the one thing we need to, to, to bear in mind is that, you know, criminals always look for, for ways to to make easy money. And, and very often, insurers are seen as easy targets, uh, and, and especially some of our products. So, you know, insurers have uh, various products that, you know, are, are meant for specific reasons, so uh, specific purposes. So, for example, life, life policies are, you know, a much larger amount. Uh, it's risk-based, and, you know, the way that you go about taking out a, a a life policy is much more onerous. Uh, and obviously, over time, the, the funeral policies have been developed to, you know, cater for a specific market and also to facilitate, you know, uh, easily allowing, you know, our customers to, to take out these policies. And the, the, the fraudsters have obviously exploited the fact that, you know, it's much easier to take out a funeral policy than to take out a life policy and have exploited that specific market. Mm. Uh, very easy to take out a, a funeral policy. There's no underwriting. There's no medical, you know, there's no medical that needs to be done. Mm. Um, it's very easy to, you know, walk, uh, find an intermediary uh, and take out a policy or, or alternatively, you know, go online um, and apply for a funeral policy. Mm. So how has this case uh, had any impact on how now these issues are going to be handled going forward? Would there be, are we likely to see any changes? Is it going to be more, you know, uh, stringent for one to take up a policy, even if it is on, you know, their life partner or just, you know, extra um, uh, members of their family? Look, there's, there's a number of checks and balances that happen at new business stage, Um that across uh, across our uh, uh, member member companies, um, and yes, there there there's this continuous uh, you know monitoring. But but I must uh, say you know that as much as you know we're putting these additional controls, uh, and as we learn from cases like this, uh, thoughts just find new ways to to exploit um, and to to take out uh, policies. Uh, and I mean, as much as this, this case has, you know, attracted the attention or, or captivated the attention of the public, mm. uh, there's many other cases in the pipeline that the industry uh, is busy with, uh, mm. and, and we'll probably see them, you know, come to the fore 
as in, as the uh, investigating authorities um, help us to, to to bring in the suspects on that. What normally happens if, you know, such a case like this one of uh, Nomi and Lovu, where it has been found, you know, even at the court of law, that she basically went through this or acquired all of these policies fraudulently, you know, so that she could benefit. Is there a way that the insurance companies could, you know, reclaim the money or is the money lost now to her? So with with some of these cases, um, the insurers um, prevented the loss from happening. Whereas there were some policies that had paid out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not familiar with each of the company's uh, individual claims, mm-hmm. but I am aware um, through, through my interactions with some of my colleagues that most of the uh, the, the, the total exposure on on this uh, on the, these specific claims, a, a large number of those uh, claims were actually repudiated before they were. Uh, as, as they were submitted to, to the respective insurers. Mm. We do, uh, you know, not all of the claims were paid. So others, but there are those that have been paid, and unfortunately, it, it, that's it, it's done. They can't, the money can't be recovered. Well, we, we, do, um, we do try to recover the, the money from the accused. Um, we also rely on the court processes, um, you know, in, in the sentencing, if, if there's assets that, that have been identified during the investigation process. Um, we do work with the AFU to, to seize any assets. We know switching your medical aid is daunting. It's why Health Squared is obsessed with simplicity. Everything we do is for you to experience what medical aid can be when it's simple to understand and even easier to use. So, how about a medical aid that cares enough to create a fee structure that's not confusing? Think Health Squared. And one that cares enough to change your plan as your plans change. Think Health Squared. Switch for simplicity. SMS yes to 47901. T's and C's apply. Health Squared. Simplified Healthcare. Millions of viewers across Mzanzi tune into Expresso Morning Show to enjoy our entertainment, our recipes, and important current affairs and updates. And they can do so because they pay for their TV licenses. For less than 74 cents a day, or just 265 rand for the entire year, you can save a premium breakfast entertainment every weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. right here on S3. For super fast, secure, and very convenient payment from any device, you can go to tvlic.co.za and click on the fast pay button for payment under three minutes. Make a difference to your mornings with Expresso and TV licenses and pay yours. Hashtag SAFM Weekend View. It is now 6.40. The low voter turnout at this year's local government elections could result in more hung municipalities than in 2016. Some parties will likely be forced to swallow their pride and work with their opponents, but others have made it clear that they will not compromise their principles to form a marriage of convenience to govern in local government. This, as anticipation, is mounting for political parties who are already in talks uh, to uh, create a coalition government. So, how should we keep these governance or government accountable? That's the question we pose to you. But to take this further, we're joined on the line by the Executive Chair of the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa, Terry Salani. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. 
Yeah, good morning to you and to your listeners, and uh, thank you very much for having me. Before we get to the housekeeping of the IEC right now, what can we read from the fact that the number of Hong councils have now doubled to 66? Uh, it is uh, becoming clearer to everyone now that uh, the days of one dominant uh, political party have become extinct and that uh, increasingly political parties in South Africa will have to work together in order to govern. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about housekeeping for the IEC. What is likely to happen now with those councillors that need to vacate their posts and those that are now newly elected? When do they take up their seats? Uh, the new councillors are supposed to be um, uh, to take office uh, within the next 14 days. Uh, and it is not necessarily the responsibility of the IEC to do so. Uh, it will be the, uh, the municipal manager who will then ensure that there is an appointment of a speaker. And then after the speaker, uh, the mayor will be uh, appointed or the elected. And then after that, then uh, the executive can then begin to take over and run the municipality. What needs to happen to those hung municipalities in terms of the service delivery while a political solution is being discussed? Uh, every uh, council has got to meet within the next 14 days, whether it is a hung or not. Uh, so hopefully, by uh, you know, soon the political parties would have uh, found each other and that it is going to be possible for them to establish a mechanism uh, through which they can be able to uh, deal with uh, core governance. Now, coalition governance in this country doesn't have a very good track record. Is Can we work on perhaps looking at a template in other countries where it's really working, and how can we keep those politicians accountable to the voters instead of them fighting over positions? The, the model that I prefer is that one uh, that they're using in Kenya, where those who enter into an agreement, uh, they deposit an agreement with a register of political parties, and that agreement contains key principles and and protocols. But in case of a uh, of a dispute, uh, there is a mechanism through which uh, they can resolve that dispute. Now, I've been advocating for something almost similar to that, but also uh, trying to uh, take a leaf from our current uh, circumstances uh, using the model of CCMA, where these political parties. Uh, can then, um, you know, uh, establish an agency uh, through parliament. In other words, we regulate it uh, by establishing a structure similar to CCMA or an agency similar to CCMA where political parties, again, they come up with principles, key principles and and protocols, and uh, that if there is an, uh, a conflict or dispute, they deal that through conciliation and after conciliation, arbitration, and arbitration award becomes final. And then if a party to an agreement is still not satisfied, it should feel free to approach the electoral court. You know, so hopefully uh, soon there's going to be that regulation uh, because it is coming increasingly clear that, uh, I mean, if one looks at the results, that this is not only something that is going to be relevant for municipalities, uh, but uh, even at provincial level, like quite a number of provinces, uh, that um, uh, where there is no 
uh, outright win. And this pattern is likely to reproduce itself in 2024, so including is, even at the mm-hmm. national level. So, so is there a template like that that the, the IEC is currently looking at, do you think? No, IEC is not looking at, at, at this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because that role, uh, are, the, the role of is the, the commission is confined yes. uh, to administration of the elections and ensuring that those elections are free and fair and dictating the results thereof as contained within the Constitution. So, so who should be looking at that? Parliament should actually begin to look into that, uh, but particularly uh, Department of COCTA uh, must begin to develop a framework of some sort. Wonderful. I thank you so much for your time, sir, and joining us this morning. That's the Executive Chair of the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa, Terry Tsalani. Now, we're asking you that question. How do we hold coalition government or governance accountable? And this is what you're telling me on the voice notes. I think those who refuse coalitions because of their, they want to enrich themselves. That's all. Because if they got one vision of putting service delivery first, they can go ahead. And one other thing, if you are working with your enemy, uh, the job is well done. But if you are working with your friend, the job is not always done. Good morning, Elvis. This is Sanil. I do not think that it is irrationally to form a collusion between IFP and ANC in Wazulu-Natal or nationally. Simple because this opposition, this party, are, 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 their supporters are, will be, I'm sure, will be not happy if they are forming a collusion. I think the um, GA, EFF and IFP can do that uh, and, and SAA can do that to oppose this, um, the, uh, the power of ANC. Good morning Elvis and SAFM listeners. It looks like Mike in Newlands is obsessed with the ANC. You would never hear Mike commenting in the incidents involving Democratic Alliance right across the spectrum but when it comes to the ANC he's always backing but I'm not surprised because parking dog always back a moving car up with the ANC I thank you this is Pascal from East London I like the background <laughs> sound there. You can keep them coming. We'll play them and we'll read them as we continue. Now we continue our conversation with independent political analyst Makosini Mgichiwa. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Good morning, Elvis, and thank you for having me. First and foremost, let me get your overall assessment of this year's local government elections. Look, I think uh, the Independent Electoral Commission did very well under the circumstances. I think, um, you know, even though they were given very limited time and they were not as prepared as they would have wanted to, but they did, otherwise, uh, at any rate, deliver an election that was free, fair, and credible. I think uh, political parties um, missed an opportunity of uh, giving us interesting campaigns um, under COVID regulations. Uh, I think that... Uh, they could have uh, used technology more 
I think we could have pushed back the frontiers of technology with this election and found new ways of doing things. But I think uh, there wasn't much uh, innovation uh, on their part. I think uh, they could have used the media more, uh, you know, both uh, traditional and new media. Uh, but instead, they chose to rely on an old way of engaging voters, uh, which doesn't seem to be successful, which is why the, the turnout was low in my view. Mm-hmm. Now we have witnessed five hung metro councils. Uh, what can we read into this? Look, uh, a territory, and uh, just who spoke before me, is correct. Uh, the time uh, for one political party or uh, to, to be dominant over uh, uh, the political landscape is over. You, you see, look across the world, you, you can't find a situation like that anymore. Uh, the tendency is towards uh, coalition governments. Uh, the, the, in, in, in Germany, for instance, um, you, know, you, you cannot uh, form a government on your own as a political party. Uh, you have to work with other political parties. And, and it's something that in South Africa we have to get used to, that it's not an anomaly, but it's um, pretty much the way uh, things are going to be going going forward, that power will have to be shared. And I think uh, um, as a country, when we decided that we, we, we are going to be a democratic state, we chose to be a constitutional democracy. But we haven't seen as many, um, uh, sorry, a, a, a rather multi-party democracy, but we haven't seen that many uh, multi-party governments uh, in fact, we saw one party uh, being in, 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 in full control, and I think we must get used to the idea of multi-party governments, because multi-party governments has, have an advantage, as far as I'm concerned, in that you know, uh, political parties that enter into a coalition have to have agreed principles, and uh, it's easy for those political parties to hold each other accountable. Uh, one political party might say, I don't want to be part of a government that does these things. I disagree with corruption or I disagree with that. I'm not going to be part of that government. And if one of those or two of those partners pull out, the government collapses. So the the political parties are able to hold each other accountable instead of a situation where we hope that one political party is going to govern and also hold itself accountable in parliament. We've seen that. That is not always the case. And that's why we're asking the question to our listeners, how should coalition government be held accountable? Let's uh, also take a call from our listeners. Uh, Sake from Randberg, a very good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thank you, sir, very, very much. It is a very simple matter. Uh, They must be held accountable by fairness, equity and justice. Uh, The golden rule of doing to others as you would have them do unto you. You can't expect anybody not to be granted fairness, equity and justice because if you deny that, you are uh, advocating uh, brutal bullying and fear, government by fear, if you don't have it by justice and fairness and equity. And uh, that is what we get when when we when we vote for people uh, by uh, uh, which which Michael Newlands uh, said gave us no electricity every couple of hours and we can't have this coming yes. on and and we can't have Thank municipalities you, uh, uh, Let's go to Scully uh, in Durban. Scully, good morning to you. Uh, we can't have that. Uh, not under fairness, and sudden, equity, and justice. And if we don't no get sound. that from Stop. anybody in any...
I can't hear Scully. Um, let's continue. Um, let's uh, also take a listen to what... Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's also take a look at what you're telling me on the Facebook page as well as on the Twitter handle uh, as well as on the SMS line. If I take a quick look there, this one coming on Facebook says uh, from Tabojo uh, Makaba. He says, morning, Elvis. We voted for those opposition parties because we are tired of the ANC corruption. Should those parties agree to get into coalition with the very same ANC, they would have Betrayed us, says Tebho. On the WhatsApp line, this one from Booty says the IEC and uh, the ANC are one thing. Check the vote percentage from zero to 68 percent. Parties were growing, but on the last 35 percent, all the opposition parties were not growing. But the ANC was the only growing party, up more than the others. And the question is, why? Asked Booty and Lovu Scully, can you hear me now from Durban? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Elvis. Elvis, my, my ask is, man, you know, um, the, 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 I thought Mama Bolo declared it fair and fair and, and completed. But now we say that it's still 97% and all. I don't think what they know what they're doing. Elvis, my one take is, um, why are the callers, I, I really appreciate your last caller, it was Sigati. If I'm not mistaken, I think I, I, I miss hearing them, man, you know, and Mike is always being fired. Why do you must have a disclaimer there that whatever the callers say, it's, it's, it's the callers and, and not of SAFM, you know, um, and Mike is always good. Technical he difficulty. says good things, you know what I mean? I thank you for listening to me. And I, I don't know why they fire Mike so much, because Mike is a good guy. Well, there we have it from Scully in Durban. You can also let me know what's on your mind on the Facebook page, on the Twitter handle. We're asking you that question. How should coalition governments be held accountable? My guest this morning, independent political analyst, Marcosinium Gaitra. Let's continue that discussion. We're talking about power sharing. But how much of a role would you say uh, the independent candidates played into a very sort of different political landscape that we see in the country right now? Look, I think independent uh, candidates, um, you know, are giving us um, uh, access to what I would call electoral reform, um, you know, where we change the way in which uh, we elect leadership. Because up to uh, this far, we have been electing political parties, and those political parties then decide who they send uh, to the various um, uh, legislative uh, uh, bodies uh, or, or, or municipalities in terms of PR, but we did have, uh, you know, the ward system, which is, um, uh, you know, a constituency system. So we have a hybrid uh, in, in municipalities. But the fact that um, we are going to be having independent candidates also uh, in provincial and uh, national elections, it simply means that, they, you know, we are, uh, you know, uh, achieving some form of electoral reform where if you have an individual in a community that's known by the community, trusted by the community, and the community would want that person to be, uh, you know, in the National Assembly or in the provincial legislature, that can now happen. The law is going to be changed uh, to accommodate that. And I think at municipal level also it's a very good thing because uh, there you have communities uh, electing people that they know, people that they trust, uh, you know, political parties. Uh, so I, 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 it's something that I think is a very good thing. 
the mushrooming uh, of uh, the civic movement that will cost the contesting elections uh, and, and the community-based parties, all that is a good thing. It adds to democracy. I think it advances uh, representative democracy because we, we, we have to find a way of moving away from um, uh, the, the, the system of electing political parties and then political parties deciding who they send uh, to parliament and who they send to legislatures to represent us because that hasn't served us very well in the past uh, 26 years or so. Let's also listen to some of the voice notes coming through from our listeners. Uh, good morning, Elvis. Elvis, I think the only way to have uh, these um, this people who play political card in every in everything that they do, uh, which doesn't uh, result in uh, common people getting what they're supposed to be getting, is to making sure that since the, this, is, this is the public office in the, in the first place, maybe maybe we should do the same thing that is done, you know, in these NCOPs where you get to sit at home, watch, you know, um, what is it exactly that they do when they are, those people are in parliament. Maybe that's what we should do when they are in the councils. Morning, Elvis. Jambo Africa. Welcome back and always good to have you on air. This is Salim from Durban. As far as correlation is concerned, the ANC will still be the majority party. They have won the most number of seats in South Africa. You will see that to form coalition, small parties will come together with the ANC. But the ANC needs to get its act together, get rid of corrupt thieves. Well, there we have it. These are some of your comments coming in. In conclusion, Mr. Ngechua, given the low turnout uh, on the local government elections, uh, should we be concerned about come 2024 that the turnout is likely to be the same or worse, you think? I hope that uh, political parties do something uh, to change the situation around, to engage, uh, you know, the voters uh, more. I think, uh, you know, uh, the lack of debate uh, between political parties themselves uh, and um, the lack of standardization of issues that are going to be discussed in an election, uh, you know, so that you end up finding one political party saying one thing and sometimes people saying things, political parties promising things that are are impossible in the face of it. I think there needs to be a, a, a bit more engagement of voters, and then we can see, you know, engaged voters will go out and vote. But, um, you know, in a situation where there's lack of engagement of uh, voters, apathy leads uh, to that. But in, in the South African context, a high voter turnout is good for the ANC, and a low voter turnout is bad for the ANC. So if in 2024 we have another low voter turnout, it just simply means that there they would be that possibility yes. of it led by opposition parties Wonderful. or the ANC. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your participation this morning and giving us your take on it. That was the independent political analyst, Makosinium Gichwa. And earlier we spoke to the executive chair of the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa, Terry Tsilani. That's what we got to leave it from the team, Arumo Kukana and Tizwangwena Monashe, our technical producer, Nerea Mukwena, our senior producer, Nomalisa Mandela, and executive producer, Vutsi Lokoto. My name is Elvis Preston. We'll see you bright and early, same time, same place, tomorrow morning. Ciao for now. Arrivederci!